All right, so, um, can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really don't need to know. And we are on. Hello, everyone. We're so happy you're here with us. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. Thanks. We're going to tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. That's right. I'm Mary Swartz. I'm Mona Green. I'm Lynn Samuels. Thanks for being with us here today. We appreciate you. Yeah, it's it was amazing that you have come back to us again. Oh, yeah. I can't yeah. believe I can't believe people come back every week. They do. They do. That's crazy. It is. I just want to give a shout out to our deaf listeners. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. We're doing it in braille as we speak. They Sign can, language. They can read our lips. Everybody <laughs> can read our lips. <laughs> I have news. You okay. do? Are you a chicken I mama? I do. Are you an egg mama? What? Are you an egg mama? No. No, okay. not an egg mama, but because the eggs weren't enough, you got a puppy. I saw that. You yes. Have a puppy. Yes. We got a little puppy. We thought that our two unsocialized dogs needed something, and because I was like, you know, I don't mm. want to take them somewhere with strangers to just, you know, do something with, I was like, hey, let's get another puppy, and that puppy will teach our old puppies to be social yeah how's that going how's for you it actually interestingly enough if this were a science experiment mm-hmm. it would be very interesting the results so the neurotic dog neurotic the, the dog with neurological problems that's luke um he actually is making friends with this dog and they look each other in the face and stuff and he is coming out of his shell he's interacting he's walking around the house more He's doing things he hasn't really done before, Good. which is awesome. The other dog, though, Bo, is kind of acting a little like a jealous teenager. And now he just sits and pouts all the time and glares at the dog. And if it comes near him, he growls at it. Because. Which was not the reason. Because. No. No, that makes sense to me. Because Bo has always been Luke's protector. Right. Yes. Yes. Because Luke is afraid yes, of everything. No, and now Luke is stepping out of his little teeny tiny bubble just a bit. So I can see that coming out of Bo. Yeah, that does make yes. sense. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He, like, he didn't eat breakfast this morning. Like, he refused to eat at all. He's like, no, I'm not even hungry. And this is my food-motivated dog who will do anything for food and takes, dog for, takes the food from his brother regularly where I can't leave the food on the floor. So he, like, refused to eat. He just ignored his food. I tried holding it in my hand. And he's like, no, I'm not happy. I'm not eating at all. And Luke, on the other hand, actually went over to the new dog's food because he likes it because it's puppy food. Oh. And was taking his food. Oh. So, so yeah. So, Luke is, like, going and grabbing things from the other dog. And I'm like, That's this funny. is very interesting. So, yeah. So, we're getting some good results with Luke. Hopefully, Bo comes out of that because I don't want a sullen, pouty dog for the rest of his life with Bo. So, we're working on it. But it's very interesting. It is a, uh, it's a Bernadoodle. 
So its mom was a Bernese Mountain Dog, and its dad was a Standard Poodle. And it's called Merle, the coloring. I would have called it Brindle, but they were like, yeah, they're not Brindles. They're Merle, which means the mixed, the tri-color. So, and it's, oh my gosh, so much energy. And I had forgotten what puppies were like, but every 15 minutes it needs to go out so it doesn't pee on the floor. Yeah. And uh, just into everything, wanting to chew on everything, wanting to bite everything. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. My, my poor garden. It thinks that plants are made for it to just grab and rip. It's a puppy. So, That's what they do. Yep. Yep. So it's a it's a constant That's funny. kind of thing. That's funny. It is. It is. So, yeah. And it's his not- name is Bernie. So, like, weekend at Bernie's or, you know, like the fiscally responsible dog. Okay. You know, I think it's kind of amusing that for her 22nd wedding anniversary, they got a baby. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's, I hadn't thought about it that way. Congratulations yep. to the proud parents. Thank you. Yes. yes. Your life as you know it is now over. I hope you like being I know, at I'm home. Like, I'm like, yeah, we had two little dogs. Now we've got a dog that's going to be about 70 pounds when it grows up. So. Jesus Christ. Where is it gonna? Yeah, where, where where is the dog going to sleep in the in the camper van in Rover? In the van, on yeah. the floor. Okay. Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah, right. my floor. Right. It'll be fine. Okay. And I'm that person that I'm like, when my kids and my cats are gone, I'm done. Yeah. Like there will be no green I, plants in my house. There will be no living objects there's except no green for, plants in your house now. I still have a succulent I haven't killed. Is it plastic? No, it's a real. <laughs> I've killed... Listen, I had four of them. I still have one. The first Ooh. one I was ever given is still alive. The other three are dead. That first one has a guardian angel. <laughs> oh, do it. Wow. All right, ladies. When my kids have, are, are, like, have left the nest, finally, completely on their own... The plant goes too, doesn't I'm it? I'm giving it to you. Bullshit. I can't keep a houseplant alive. It's a succulent. You'll be fine. No, I've, no, I've killed palm trees off before. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't it. know what I'm doing. I just got two more houseplants, and, you know, I can't take them all back to Arizona with me. You might want to talk to that friend that's visiting right doing? now. Yeah, yeah, you might want to turn and have a conversation with that person that's in the room by you. Let her know that. And say what? She gets, you're sharing custody. You're granting of the dog or the plants? The plants. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. No, I figure. Yeah. Yeah, she's going to have a whole... I'm going to have to buy her a plant stand, a big, large plant stand because I have one. You're going to need to buy her a new house at this rate. I have nine house Jesus. plants right now. No, and that's not counting the outdoor ones that are currently outdoor, especially the, the hibiscus one that I've been told. So I've got nine that are inside and like five outside that'll have to go so yeah i'm gonna have to buy her a greenhouse or someplace to keep my plants the the lynn plant area i think she's i think the solution is you're just gonna need to stay here it's the responsible thing to do (laughs) oh yeah no my children want to see me then they need to come here Okay. okay, the children want to see the new puppy is what oh, I've learned recently. Right. Then they need to come here. All right. All right. I've got a word. Okay. Colupigian. 
Could you spell that, please? It is C-A-L-L-I-P-Y-G-I-A-N. Calipigian. 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 Somebody who rides a merry-go-round. The, uh, Calipigian. They ride the, um, it's not a merry-go-round. You talking about the carousel? The carousel. It, oh, if you do it long enough, you may. Throw up. Calipigian. Mm. Hmm. All right, so if you ride the merry-go-round, yep. you may do, it's long enough, you may do this. You may hurl. You, you may stumble when no, you try to you, walk. It it really is not. I just was trying to help you guys out, but no, it really has nothing to do with that. Okay. Is it a person? It's when you. It is when you have had so much it's to. A person. It is. It's a, a person. person who has had so much to drink that they get on a statutory object and think it's moving, like a horse or a chair. A statutory object. <laughs> Yes, you know, like they're, they're it's under, underage objects. Yeah, no. I know. I'm like, I don't think that word means what you think it means. Hmm. I'm going to give you a sentence. Yes, please. I did not marry that man just because he was a Calapagian. 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 Because he was Calapagian. Why did you marry him? He was smart, too. And rich, and funny. He wasn't. Besides, he he was in really good in those tight jeans. He was well hung. He wasn't suffering from meldrop. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the wrong side. Oh, he had a nice ass. There you go. Having well shaped buttocks. We like a man with well shaped buttocks. Yes, yes, we do. My husband. I've not looked at his buttocks, but next time I see him, I will, okay? Yeah. He hides it, but let me tell you, yeah. He's got a nice ass. What do you got, Adam? (laughs) (laughs) I think she'd like to drop us off at the nearest orphanage. I'm thinking by the time we're done with just the word of the weeks, we will be over our time. You got a word, Hannah? Okay. Would you like to let us know what the word is? <laughs> no? Should we just move on? We're going to guess what the word is. Exiduous. 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 Something about a person. Well, deciduous is a tree that... Deciduous trees. Keep their leaves? Lose their leaves. Shoot. Deciduous. Deciduous are the trees that... Uh, lose their leaves because coniferous okay, keep their leaves. So assiduous. So exiduous used to have leaves but don't anymore. No. Deciduous lose their leaves, by the way? Yeah, that's what I said. Coniferous keep them. Deciduous lose them. So exiferous used to have leaves but don't anymore. They're like, I'm an ex-leaf, you know, like an ex-Catholic. I used to be Catholic. I used to have leaves, but now I just don't. I don't need them. Um, they're very highly evolved. Yeah. They're cactus. Now it's a cactus. It's a cactus. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't need no stinking leaves. Exiguous. Okay, so exiguous means that's the dude on the space station 
Who puts the flag in the planet when they step take that first step? We haven't been to any planets yet with people other than Earth. That doesn't mean anything. That's the exiguous. That's what it means. Yeah, that's the job for the space space uh, that new space program they have. The space the force. New- the Space Force. Space Force. That's one of the jobs on the Space Force. Yes. They're Would yes. you like me to use this in a sentence? Sure. It's iffy. <laughs> I'm, a fa- I'm, a big bu- I'm a big believer in the... Tr- <laughs> Are you ready? I'm a big believer uh, in the try it before you buy it program or you might marry a man with an exiguous penis. Tiny. <laughs> yes. Tiny. It does. It means very small in size or amount. Oh, exiguous. Hmm. Very small. Hmm. I would not have guessed that one. That was I would not, not have either. on my radar. So if you go out in the cold, your penis looks exiguous. It it's does. not really, though. You're just <clears throat> suffering from Meldrop. All right. <laughs> this tidbit's for you, Lynn. You ready? All right. This tidbit's for me. A Utah man has been arrested. Why? He started a wildfire. Why? Well, he was trying to get rid of a spider with his lighter. So Corey Allen Martin, who's 26 year old, said he spotted the spider. He was hiking in the foothills south of Salt Lake City. He said, yes, yes, he started the fire. He was trying to burn the spider. He didn't really explain why. He basically tried to kill the spider with a lighter and started a forest fire. This is reckless, this is puzzling. This area and most of Utah are bone dry, which is, makes it, I guess, a really stupid decision. I um, think he could have just walked by the spider and been okay, but he made the choice not to. The, so he started a fire. It quickly spread up the mountain, burned about one square mile. No homes were damaged. Thank God. Yeah. So he was arrested on suspicious of a reckless burn, possession of marijuana, and drug paraphernalia. Ah, there you go. You just answered the why. Marijuana and drug paraphernalia. Yeah. 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 All right. I have Lynn would have have whipped out a flamethrower out of her backpack. Nope. Nope. My belief is if it's in my house or my garage, then I can kill it. If it is not, if it is outside, that's its place, then I have to find a way around it. So, and so I do that a lot. I don't. I do not like to kill spiders outside because that's that's their home. They're not what? invading me. I'm invading them. So I really do kind of have a weird set of rules for no, my spider I, I killing. No, I kind of like that. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I have a tidbit for us, ladies. Okay. Wisconsin. You ever been to Wisconsin? Home Wisconsin Dells. Home of the I've Swiss been all cheese, man. That's not what I asked. I said, have you ever been there? Yes. Okay. I've yep. also been there a few times. It is a beautiful state. Now, imagine if you heard something that you thought, yeah, bullshit, too good to be true. But it wasn't. A Wisconsin brewery is looking to pay someone $10,000. You have my attention. To watch the sunsets. I can do this. Mary? It's in I can do this. You're on your own. You finished the episode. (laughs) It's Leinenkugel. We'll be in Wisconsin. Line and Kugel's Brewing Brewing Company, they are in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Um, So they're giving away, uh, they're doing like this whole thing, and and yeah, so $10,000 prize. 
Um, it's called the Sunset Wheat Beer that they introduced. Oh, I don't they, like it. Well, then you don't qualify. No. Um, so, so anyway, the idea is that they um, signed over 1,500 people. Uh, okay, let me start that over. 1,500 people asked them to start brewing Sunset Wheat Beer again because they... Quit. Okay. They so quit they brewing. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I don't. I just don't care for wheat beer. So it has nothing to do with lining cooper. Right. I do like a lot of right. their stuff. So not white wheat beer. So fifteen hundred people mm. signed this thing asking them to bring it back. So they're going to do it. They're bringing it back. Okay. And they're now looking to hire someone to watch a summer sunset and stream it live on their social social channel from a cabin. In Wisconsin's North Woods over Labor Day weekend, and you will pay, they will pay you $10,000. It's part of the re-release of the Sunset Wheat. How crazy is this? It's I not like you it. have to spend the whole... Yeah, you don't have to spend the whole summer. I could do it. One, weekend in, a, one weekend in a, in a cabin that they will provide for you, and you watch the sunset and live stream it. $10,000. Could do it. It's doable, right? So, in order in order to do it, you have to explain why you are the ultimate beer drinking sunset watcher, and and enter a video. So, here are the rules. You have to follow them on Instagram. You have to make a video one minute or less explaining why you are the ultimate fan of the Wisconsin Sunset and Sunset Wheat beer. Post the video on their Instagram and tag them. That's it. Wow. And then they're going to pick one. Yep. It ends August 18th, so it's actually already over. Sorry, guys. But it isn't over oh, when we are recording it's this. It's tomorrow. We could do it today. It's, yeah, it's yes. Slow. When they hear this, though, it will have already been over. When we no, are recording sorry. this, it has not yet occurred. Okay. You must be sorry. a U.S. resident, and you must be 21 years old. Well, we, we are... All of those things. It does not say that you have to drink the beer. It simply says you have to explain why you are a fan of su their sunsets there and why you like the beer, why you are a fan of the beer. Because their sunsets pay better than ours. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All righty, ladies. Ready? Yes. Okay. She's not my sister. Oh, now you tell us? Which one of us isn't your sister? That's the, the great reveal. The great reveal at the end of the story. The young woman at the hotel was only 28. She was slender. She walked with a purpose. Her hair was a natural brown color and she had intellectual eyes, as if she could see into your soul and know what you were thinking. If you could have your best friend for a sister, it would be her. Not beautiful, but expressive and thoughtful. Someone you could tell your deepest secrets to and know that they were safe. Hold on. Hey, Lynn. It's going to be like a dog or a sex doll or something. This isn't going to be an actual human being. You know that, right? No, I didn't. I didn't get that from there. I still was. It's Mary. It's Mary. Let's oh, just be real. It's a sex doll. Wow. Okay. The day, the day was February 22nd of 1861. It's an animal. I don't think they had sex dolls back then. 
and she was there to get her brother. She had just gotten off the 510 train from New York City, and she was there at the hotel to take him back to the train station so they could board a train to Baltimore. I know where the story's going. As she spotted him, her face broke out into a huge smile. You couldn't really see the family resemblance. He was tall, although a little stooped over, as if he, the weight of the world rested upon his shoulders. <clears throat> he was wearing a beanie hat. He was covered in a shawl, as if the chill of the evening had seeped into his bones. Still, she smiled, for she was overjoyed to see him again. She was, after all, his sister. She asked those around them to give them room and some, some breathing space. He'd been recently ill, and he wasn't really quite recovered yet. As they entered the train to Baltimore and they were shown to their sleeping car, she discreetly slipped the conductor some cash to ensure their privacy. She asked him to not place anyone else in their car besides the three men who had accompanied her. The five of them, the sister, the brother, and their three gentlemen friends settled in for the night, but the woman, she'd lied about who she was. She wasn't really a sister, so who was she and why was she carrying a pistol? And why did she have an assortment of alias names? They were about a dozen names she was known by. Her real name was Kate Warren, and she was she was actually the very first female private detector in a, detective in America. She worked for the Pinkerton National Detective Agency, and her brother, her brother was president-elect Abraham Lincoln, on his way to Washington for his inauguration. Her job was to get him there alive and in one piece so that he could take his rightful place in the White House. It is said that she didn't sleep at all during the entire train ride, and that is where Pinkerton got its slogan, We Never Sleep. Now, little is known about Kate Warren. Much of her life is actually shrouded in mystery. She spent many years undercover, so necessarily, necessarily there were no verified photos of her in existence. We do know that she was born in Erie, New York, around 1830 or 1833, to Israel and Elizabeth Hulbert. She may or may not have had a brother who if she had had him, was known by the name of Alan. She called herself a widow, but no details were known about her marriage, her husband, or his quote-unquote accidental death in, 18, in 1853. For all the information I could find on her, her life truly started when she walked into the Pinkerton National Detective Agency in Chicago in 1856 and declared that she was there to become a detective. The agency was named for and run by Alan Pinkerton. He had placed an ad looking for new hires. He assumed that the vivacious and good-looking young woman was there for a secretarial position, as most self-possessed young women would be. With her confidence, though, and her eyes filled with fire and determination, she corrected him. I'm not here to fetch coffee and avoid awkward interactions with your male employees. I am here to be a private detective. Your force lacks a key component when it comes to gathering intelligence, being able to assume the role of a woman's confidant. By ingratiating herself, she told him, she would be likely to discover information about crimes plotted by husbands who tended to make their wives privy to schemes that involved enriching the family's coffers. She would also be able to take advantage of the fact that men tended to brag when women were around. Now, Ellen Pinkerton was not wholly convinced. It took her several times of coming back and putting her case in front of him before he decided to hell with convention he was going to hire her. And later, Alan Pinkerton would describe her as one of the five best agents he had ever employed. 
who said that she was somebody who could hold her own in any situation, which made her perfect for the job. She had a knack for acting and undercover work. Pinkerton described her as being a brilliant conversationalist, yet having the very rare quality in womanhood, the art of being silent. <clears throat> Kate became a detective in the 1850s, and to put this into perspective, the New York City Police Department did not hire their first detective, who was female, until 1903. A compelling dossier of cases followed. In 1858, Kate was tasked with obtaining a lead on a case involving the theft of $10,000 from the Adams Express Company Railroad. Now the agency suspected a man named Nathan Maroney, who was the manager of the company's Montgomery, Alabama offices. He was believed to be the last employee to see the money before it disappeared. So Kate was dispatched to Montgomery, and when she arrived, she became the friend of Mrs. Maroney. And the wife soon said, yeah, her husband had not only taken it, she knew where to find it. Women just aren't <laughs> super smart sometimes. No, men aren't real smart either. Oh, I know, because men will tell women anything, and women will tell women anything. <clears throat> so, she just, she divulged that it was hidden in Jenkintown, Pennsylvania, and because of Kate's work, Nathan Mulroney was convicted, and they actually recovered everything but a few hundred dollars. Now, on another occasion, Kate thwarted a plot to poison a wealthy man, Captain Sumner. She posed as a fortune teller. Alan Pinkerton rented out a space for her to ply her trade. She learned from books on the subject. She's pretty quick. Pick, she picked things up pretty quickly. So she then sought out Captain Sumner's sister, Annie Thayer, and she proceeded to impress Annie with her knowledge of her life. Annie could not have known that all the details had been provided by the Pinkerton agents that she worked with. And trusting that Kate had a real gift for this, Annie eventually disclosed that she was not only the direct under the direction of a lover named Mr. Patmore to assist in the murder of not only Patmore's wife, but of Captain Sumner, so they could go on to enjoy the captain's fortune. Oh my God, people are so wrong. Because of Kate's work, Patmore was convicted of his wife's murder, and he spent 10 years in prison. The two were caught before they could murder Captain Sumner. Now, another one of Kate's jobs involved the murder of a bank teller, George Gordon. The murderer got away with $130,000. Now, Alan Pinkerton determined that Gordon was fetching money for a friend when he was struck on the head behind the ear with a hammer. And they assumed that this, you know, was an intent to take away any witnesses to the robbery. So through his investigation, Pinkerton felt certain that his prime suspect, Alexander P. Drysdale, had in fact killed Gordon. However, he didn't have any hard evidence. There was a lot that was still based on speculation. So, called in Kate. He set a trap for Alexander Drysdale. Kate was sent undercover. She was known as Mrs. Potter, and she became close friends with Mr. Drysdale's wife. So the way you said that, all I could think is, isn't that the name <laughs> of, like... The teapot in the Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> oh, that was Mrs. Pot. Mrs. Yeah. Potts. Mrs. Potts. Hey, Mrs. Potts. Yeah. So, because of Kate's work, they were unable to uncover where Alexander Drysdale had hidden the stolen money. But these stories are not why history remembers Kate Warren. She is most remembered for her part in the Baltimore plot, while going undercover at secessionist parties in the South. She actually uncovered an assassination plot 
against Abraham Lincoln. A large group of Southern conspirators did not want him in office because of his abolitionist views. Now, as we know now, the plot was foiled. He was inaugurated. He became the 16th president of the United States. He served his entire first term. He got reelected and he was actually assassinated 42 days into his second term. Kate be continued working at the Pinkerton National Detective Agency until shortly before her death in January 1868 of pneumonia. She and Alan worked together through the Civil War. They posed as husband and wife. They needed to infiltrate the layers of Southern society and expose plots and plans against the government. Alan, Alan Pinkerton had so much admiration and respect for her work that he made her his female superintendent of detectives. That's pretty impressive, especially way back then. Oh, hell yeah. And she was young. Mm -hmm. She was very young. He also put her in charge of training another 15 female detectives for his agency. And consider the fact that nobody else had female detectives on their force, ever, until after 1900. That's pretty damn good. Alan Pinkerton eventually put Kate at the head of another substation of his agency, and this substation later evolved into what we know and call the Secret Service. Although her life was short and her career as a detective was not long-lived, she still looms large as history's first female PI, a woman who was not afraid to go into places no man could ever go. It's pretty impressive. She was an impressive woman. So... Mary and I first came across, at least I believe we first came across, I don't know if you knew about her before this, um, about her when we went to the Civil War Museum Museum in Kentucky. Yeah. And it was pretty amazing. It was. Yeah, that's where I got the idea to do a story on her. Yeah, it was really good. Because she often went undercover as a man. I've been muted. I just noticed. We thought you were very quiet. I'm like, they're not responding to me at all. Okay. You muted yourself, didn't you? Yes, she I did. did. Because uh, my friend is getting ready to leave, so she oh. was packing her stuff and going in and out the door, and oh. I didn't want to be loud, so I was like, well, I'll just mute it real quick, and then I forgot to unmute it. So, But I love badass women, just yes. saying that. Yes. I think the world needs more badass women. They do. Is she still there? Uh, yes. Okay. All right. All right. We'll wrap this up so you can go say your goodbyes. All right. Well, ladies, that was a fantastic story as usual. It was. Um, for people who listen to both podcasts, you will have recognized that story. But it's a perfect fit for both sides of the coin here. So good job, Mary. Thanks. Do we have anything else, ladies? I do not. All right. Well, in that case, we will see you next time. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye, guys. We here at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know really appreciate the time you spent with us today. Hopefully you learned something unusual today. You can find us on Facebook at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know or at tmsidntk at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at TMSIDNTK, which are the initials for the title. Suggestions, ideas, comments, corrections, send them our way. We take them all. If you enjoyed your short stop with us, please feel free to follow the podcast. Leave us a rating and review. That lets us know how we're doing and helps others to find us.
This podcast is hosted by a couple of sisters who research, write, and edit their own stories. All other editing and production is done by Mary Swartz, and the original artwork was created by Hannah Green.